This is what I'm talking about. A bit of luxury. Is this the cruise ship with the ice rink? Uh, no. Oh, does it have the cinema? No, no, don't think so. Well, do we at least have a cabin with the sea view, Nisha? It's a cargo ship, Kira. Kidcast funds couldn't quite stretch to the luxury cruise liner for this episode. Welcome to Kidcast. I'm still rocking after a not-so-comfortable sea crossing earlier with the nautical... Nisha Kelly. We're here this week with episode 5, The Weapon. Thankfully, no participants were drenched in the making of this episode. Nope, but it is all about the sea and sea creatures today. Have you ever been on a cruise ship before, Anita? I haven't been on a cruise ship, but I've been on a ferry. I've went to England to go to Centre Parks when there wasn't one in Ireland. It wasn't a big ferry, like it didn't have a swimming pool or anything like that. Mm -hmm. It had like a really small shop and it kind of had like kind of cafe there. Was there a cinema? Because sometimes those ferries have a cinema. I wish, but no, there wasn't a cinema. No. And was it the only time you were on a ferry? I've also been on one to France and that took 18 hours. Oh, wow. So you must have had to have slept on that one. Yeah. Do you suffer from seasickness at all? Has that ever happened to you? Um, No, it hasn't. Thankfully, I don't either. I did one time experience it. We were on just a really, really rocky boat, actually. It was in the Great Barrier Reef. And I just was so unwell. I was fine when we got into the water. We were doing some scuba diving. But when I was on board the ship, I couldn't even speak I felt so nauseous do you know why people get seasick well motion sickness is caused by repeated movements so like a bumpy road in a car or even a ride out of one fair your inner ear is responsible for your balance and when you get motion sickness it's because your inner ear is sending different messages to your brain than your eyes are seeing which makes you feel really unwell so what should people do if they get motion sickness well you should try and get some fresh air sit up the front look at a fixed point like the horizon helps try to distract yourself like talking to someone or listening to something definitely don't read and if you eat ginger it's supposed to help too well let's hope that we have no casualties today what have you got lined up for us on the show nisha i'm going to be chatting to emma in japan mia in Letterkenny has a game of categories for us on game time sophie is reporting this week from sea life and bray and garode from the rohad or go home rowing team is here to tell us about his record-breaking journey across the atlantic wow this is going to be a sea super episode now i I believe Riley has a riddle to kick things off. Hi, my name is Riley. I'm 12 years old and I'm from Dublin. Here's this week's riddle. There were 10 fish in a tank. Two drowned, four swam away and three died. How many were left in the tank? What do you think, Nisha? I don't think I'm committing with my answer. You're playing it safe for the moment. Right, okay. Let's give ourselves a little bit more time to figure it out. I really feel that we're going to get this one this week. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Now, before we head over to the newsroom, I have to tell you this hilarious joke that was sent in by Ella and Dennis this week. Go on. Did you hear about the magic tractor? No. It turned into a field. (laughs) That's a good one. I know. I just spend large chunks of my day laughing at all these (laughs) hilarious jokes that the listeners send in. Best job ever. And if you at home would like to get in touch, you can check us out on kidcast.ie. Over to Vincent and Anna now for the latest sea stories. Kidcast News. Hi, I'm 
I'm Vincent. And I'm Anna. Reporting for KidCast News. In this week's headlines... Piracy decreasing. Overfishing in Ireland. The world's largest cruise ship. And concerning jellyfish population. Piracy on the world seas have hit a 28-year low. The number of piracy incidents fell last year to 115, down from 414 in 2019. This decline is due to the increased onboard security, naval patrols and GPS tracking. However, piracy remains a threat, especially in areas like the Gulf of Guinea. The Irish fishing industry has been impacted by a reduced number of fish available, which also hugely impacts the whales and dolphins who depend on them. Overfishing in the EU has been happening for over 20 years, with Ireland the second highest offender, 24% above advised levels. Launched last year, the Royal Caribbean's Wonder of the Seas is the world's largest cruise ship, built for nearly 7,000 passengers and 2,300 crew members. The ship has a water park, spa, casino, multiple dining options, theatres, nightclubs and an ice rink. There are also virtual balconies and facial recognition for seamless boarding and disembarking. The jellyfish population is overgrowing, particularly in the waters near the Gulf of Mexico, the Sea of Japan and Alaska. Overfishing has removed many of the top predators. And unlike other marine creatures, jellyfish can cope with the rising sea temperatures and pollution. I'm Anna. And I'm Vincent. And that's that's your KidCast News. Thanks for that, Vincent and Anna. Did you not get the memo, Nisha, that it was supposed to be the wonder of the seas that we were to be booked onto? I'm more than happy to make that happen for season three. But on a serious note, you see what I did there? Yeah. Oh gosh, this could get very corny. It's good to hear that piracy incidents are dropping. Yeah, it's not all plain sailing on the sea. Did you know that 90% of volcanoes happen at sea? Is that one of the causes of tsunamis? Yeah, it is. Another causes is earthquakes. Tsunami is actually a Japanese word. It means harbour wave. You might be a bit young to remember, but there was actually a devastating earthquake and tsunami in Japan in 2011. I read about that. The earthquake reached a magnitude of 9.0, so it caused giant waves. Do you know the waves were so big? They travelled faster than jet planes. Really? Yeah, and it reached about 10 kilometres. Inland? Yeah, it was one of the most deadly natural disasters in Japanese history because the tsunami damaged a generator at the Fukushima power plant, which caused nuclear explosions. That is just awful. I wanted to know how things are today, 12 years on. So this week I chatted to Emma in Japan. Hi, I'm Emma and I'm 10 years old. I live in Tokyo in Japan and my dad is from Cork. The capital of Japan is Tokyo, also the largest city in the world. Some Japanese companies you might know are Toyota, Nissan, Mitsubishi, Canon, Sony, and of course Nintendo. 125 million people live in Japan and they speak the national language Japanese. Konnichiwa! Hi Emma! Thanks for joining us on KCAST. Firstly, we were just talking about the tsunami in 2011. How are things at Fukushima now? At Fukushima, some of the buildings are broken down, but then all of them got renewed and some are even still there. As this is our sea episode, can you tell me some of your native sea creatures? 
Well, there's giant squid. Uh, I don't think a lot of people have seen uh, giant squid. It lives really deep under the ocean, so it's very like unusual and rare. There's also a giant spider crab. The biggest Japanese spider crab was called Big Daddy, and he had legs that were two and a half meters long. He lives to be 80 years old, but some spider crabs can live up to 100 years old. Wow! Is fish and sushi a popular food in Japan? Yes, it's very popular, and there's like tuna and shrimp, and even like squid is popular too. There's different types of sushi, two types, and one is like the fish is on top of the rice, and the other one is called makimaki. It's wrapped in seaweed, and there's like stuff on the top. Have you ever eaten sushi? Uh, yes, but I don't really like raw fish. Is Sushi, the only raw fish that they eat in Japan. No, actually, like they have something called sashimi, and they eat only the raw fish with like soy sauce or like wasabi. What is a typical Japanese food, and do you use chopsticks? Typical Japanese food is ramen, and they do use chopsticks. Is there a special trick for using chopsticks? Like if you practice a lot, you'll get really used to it. So it's just practicing. What's your favorite Japanese snack? There's this like pack of chips called Baby Stuff, and they're like small ramen. It's like dried and it has very good flavor to it. It's crunched up and it's very crispy. Can you tell me three things I probably didn't know about Japan? One is people in Japan slurp noodles as it's good manners. The second one is they bow when they meet people. And the third one is most of the people are usually at work all the time. What do you mean by that? They are really like hardworking. What's the typical hours of a working day? They start from like early eight o'clock maybe, and then like they finish around at like ten, or they go back at eleven maybe. Tell me about your school. My school is Christian school. It starts at eight thirty and it ends at three thirty. There is about thirty one in my. Class with my teachers, which is which is two people. So you've two teachers. Yes. Is that normal in Japan? Yeah. Well, in my school, every grade has at least two. They're usually in at the same time, but one is usually working on their like computer. How would you describe Japanese people? Shy at first, but then when you like get used to them or talk to them, they get really like fun to talk to, and like they are really polite too. What do you like to get up to with your friends? If it was a sleepover, I would want to do like a karaoke night, pillow fight. That sounds like lots of fun. What's the biggest Japanese celebration? Probably the New Year's Eve or Hinamatsuri. There's a lot of festival in Japan at summertime where they wear like kimono and like traditional clothes. Cool. Well, thanks so much, Emma, for chatting with me today on Kickcast. You're welcome. Slon. Arigato Really fascinating to hear about life in Japan, wasn't it, Nisha? Yeah. I'm not sure I'd like to meet one of those giant sea crabs on a beach, though. Would you? Um, maybe. If it doesn't pinch me, then. Okay, I might be all right with it. I've seen a picture of them online, and their legs are like bigger than you. Yeah. Please do not come near me while I'm sunbathing. Yeah. <laughs> What's your favorite sea creature? I actually have two. I like rays because I like their little faces. Oh. 
And I also like octopuses because I just love the way they move their arms. It's just so funny. I find it so funny. And beautiful. Yeah. They're like ballerinas in the yeah. sea. Did you see that film, My Octopus Teacher? No. Okay, that's something that you might enjoy. It's about uh, the human relationship with an octopus and whether an octopus and a human can be friends and have a connection. What's your favourite sea creature? The dolphin. I find dolphins so cool They as are. Well. So cool. So beautiful yeah. and so playful. So smart as well. Did you ever meet Fungi and Dingle? No, I didn't get to see Fungi, but I did see a pod of dolphins leaping up and down when we were on the ferry when we were going to Spain last summer for our holidays. But I was so disappointed because I had an opportunity a few years ago to swim with dolphins. But Yeah, I know. But the organisers, they found out that I was pregnant at the time and they said that I couldn't. Why? Well, dolphins actually know when a woman is pregnant. They can detect the sound of the baby's heartbeat underwater. And I was told that they're very protective of pregnant women so it would make the dolphins quite aggressive in the water so I couldn't swim with them unfortunately. Actually when I was in Portugal in Zoomarine I got to take pictures with a dolphin. Really? Yeah and I got to hold his head in my hands but before anyone goes in you have to take out your earrings. Do they like shiny things? Yeah they're just so incredible. Did you know that they have their own like built-in ultrasound machine? I heard about this. Can you tell me how it works? It's called echolocation. So dolphins make these click sounds which travel through the water like bounce off objects like fish or rocks and they come back as echoes. It helps them to find food or detect obstacles in the distance. It allows them to have like a 3D view underwater and that's how they can survive in low visibility areas. No wonder the dolphin is one of the smartest sea creatures. Let's see if we're as smart on Mia's Game Time this week. I'm Mia. I'm 10 years old and I'm from Letterkenny in County Donegal. This week I have a game of categories for you. Hi, Hi Mia. Mia. Welcome to KitCast. Hi. Mia, is this the game where you have to think of words that start with the same letter? Yes, and there are three things in each category and you have to find words for each category that start with the same letter. So if you're listening home, you should grab a pen and paper to write down your answers. So if I pick the letter N, do all my answers have to start with N? Yes, and you'll have 10 seconds to think of your answers. I'll give you one point for each correct word. And a bonus two points if you get all three correct. So you could get five points in each round. And now how many rounds are there, Mia? Four rounds, so you could get 20 points. Because this episode is all about the C, my first category for you is going to be C-related. What letter do you pick? S. S for C. Very good. Well done. Okay, so her letter is S. Okay, Nisha, round one, you have 10 seconds to give me words beginning with S in these categories. Something at a beach, a fish, a place near the sea. Something at the beach, sand. A fish, shark, and somewhere near the beach, a shop. Very good. You got five points. So pick another letter. K. Okay, so for K, a party food, a toy, a pet's name. Uh, A party food beginning with K. K. A toy beginning with K. K, 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 K. Like an Australian cuddly toy. Okay, a party food. I don't think we got that. We didn't get a toy. Teddy koala. And a pet's name. Casey. Very good. You got two points. 
Okay, Three. not bad. So pick another letter. M. Something you pack in your suitcase. A hobby. Something green. Okay. Something you pack in your suitcase. Um, moisturizer. Very good. A hobby. Um, martial arts. Martial arts, very good. Something green. Time's up. Oh! <laughs> this is hard. So for something you pack in your suitcase. Moisturizer. A hobby. Martial arts. And something green. We didn't get anything for that. Okay, you got another two points. Okay, I think we're on to our final round now, aren't we? Yes. Round four. So, pick another letter. B. Something hot, a hobby, and an animal. B. No. Bear. Very good. And... That's it. Oh, yeah. Time's up. So, for something hot... I got beef. Uh, a hobby. Baking. And an animal. A bear. So you got 14 points. That's not bad. Yeah. 14 out of 20. Are you happy with that? Yeah. Well done. Thank you so much, Mia. Thanks for a great game, guys. Bye. 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 Hi, my name is Harvey. I'm five years old and I'm from Dublin City. My question of the week is, where was the first aquarium built? The first public aquarium was built at the Zoological Gardens at Regent's Park in London in 1853. It was known as the Fish House. Hi, I'm Sophie. I'm 10 years old and I'm from Dublin. This week, I got to visit Sea Life and Bright for KidCast to learn all about their underwater world. Sea Life is a fabulous aquarium right along the seafront of Bray in County Wicklow. They take an active part in helping protect marine creatures. They do conservation work with the Sea Life Trust, which is an amazing charity involved in rescue and breeding, even creating the world's first beluga whale sanctuary in Iceland. They have so much cool stuff, it's actually hard to narrow it down. But I did have a few favourite parts. The suckermouth catfish looked cool, but freaky with leopard-like skin and huge lips. I got to feed broccoli to the terrapin. And fun fact, the female terrapins are larger than the males. The regal tangfish that you might recognize as Dory from Finding Nemo actually grows to 20 times the size of the little orange clownfish when fully grown. I got to hold a Madagascar hissing cockroach. It was kind of gross. And I learned that it makes the hiss sound to scare off predators. I had a great time and I loved learning about the creatures and how to protect their habitats. Thanks for joining me at Sea Life. Goodbye. Thank you, Harvey and Noella, for your question of the week. And well done, Sophie, on a great report from Sea Life and Bray. It sounds like you had a wonderful day out there. And thank you, Sea Life, for having us. Here, there's so many strange sea creatures, but we haven't mentioned any strange happenings at sea. What are you referring to exactly? Well, like the Bermuda Triangle. It's an area in the North Atlantic Ocean between Florida and Puerto Rico also known as the Devil's Triangle because more than 50 ships and 20 aircrafts have mysteriously gone missing. Oh, Nisha, you're kind of freaking me out here now. Is this supposed to be a sort of a supernatural phenomenon, is it? Well, some ships were found completely abandoned for no reason. Others actually sent distress signals, but they were never seen of or heard of again. 
it's kind of weird. I don't really like thinking about it too much, do you? Yeah, no. <laughs> it is freaky. Now, to be honest, Kira, most of the Atlantic tropical storms and hurricanes pass through the Bermuda Triangle, so that's a more likely explanation. Let's check out this week's Did You Know for more interesting facts about the sea. What do the two oceans do when they meet? Tell me! They wave! <laughs> Did you know there's one world ocean that we divide into five different sections? The Pacific, the Atlantic, the Indian, the Southern and the Arctic Oceans. Did you know a sea is a small area of an ocean which usually has land on either side? Did you know the ocean covers 71% of the surface of our planet, but over 80% remains undiscovered? Did you know the sea level has risen about 20 centimetres over the past 100 years and it's still rising? Did you know the ocean regulates our climate? It absorbs, stores and releases CO2 in different places and ways, which affects climate. Did you know the Great Barrier Reef in Australia is the world's largest living structure in water? It is made of about 3,000 reefs of coral and can even be seen from outer space. Did you know scientists estimate that over half of the oxygen we breathe comes from plankton and algae? True. Photosynthesis. They use carbon dioxide, water and energy from the sun to make food for themselves, releasing oxygen for us during this process. Did you know the average ocean is about three kilometres deep? But the Mariana Trench in the Pacific is 11 kilometres deep. What does a dolphin say when he's confused? I have no idea. Can he be more Pacific? <laughs> Great jokes from Kyan and Lily. Thanks, guys. And thank you as well to Avine, Eleanor, Zoe, Elsie, Connell, Emmett and Philip for bringing us this week's Did You Know? I can't believe that the Mariana Trench is 11 kilometres deep. That's 11 minutes driving on a motorway. That's very far. I know. It's also deeper than the height of Mount Everest. I can't even get my head around that. What do you think is living that far down underwater? I've no idea. Even the experts aren't sure. You know, it's way further than three main zones in the sea. What are the three main zones, Nisha? There's the sunlight zone, which, as its name says, there is sunlight. And then, at about 200 metres, you reach the twilight zone. Now, because there's very little sunlight, no plants can survive there. Then at about a thousand metres underwater, you reach the midnight zone. No sun reaches here. So most of the fish are black or red. Any light that you do see comes from the bioluminescent fish. Okay, right. You're going to have to explain to me what bioluminescent fish are, please. They're fish that produce their own light. They have this molecule called luciferin, and it reacts with oxygen, which produces light in their bodies. Ah, like strobe lighting at a disco? Uh, except it's much colder than disco. I bet it's much colder than a disco, 11 kilometres deep underwater. I wonder, did Garoud see any bioluminescent fish when he was crossing the Atlantic? Let's find out. 
Agarod and welcome to KitCast. Thanks, Nisha. Pleasure to be here. Firstly, huge congrats to the Row Hard or Go Home rowing team who set a new world record for rowing the fastest across the Atlantic back in December. Thanks very much. Can I ask, where did you row to and from and how long did it take you to get there? We started in the Canary Islands, just off of the coast of Africa. And we rowed west, the same route as Christopher Columbus, all the way to Antigua and Barbuda, which is a very small island in the Caribbean. In total, it took us 33 and a half days to cross the Atlantic. That's long. What type of training did you have to do for an event like that? None of us had ever rowed before, so we didn't even know how to row. So two years ago, we started the project and they say that the best way to learn how to row is to row. We'd start for one hour and then two hours, then six hours, then one day, then two days, then three days. And we just got better and better at rowing. We also had to spend lots of time in the gym to get strong. And uh, we also did resilience training and mindset training and teamwork training so that when we got on the boat, we would be in ship shape. Where were you practicing the rowing in Ireland? So our boat was based in Wicklow Town, uh, just in the harbour there. So we would go from Wicklow Town and we would head off into the Irish Sea. Sometimes we'd row across the Wales. We ended up having the opportunity to row around most of the coast of Ireland, which was absolutely amazing because we saw beautiful landscapes and dolphins and all of these things that you wouldn't expect to see in Ireland. That's amazing. What was your biggest challenge at sea? In general, the rowing was quite tough, but after a week, we had a solar panel failure. The only way we can get electricity on the boat is from the sun to communicate, to navigate, but most importantly, to turn the seawater into fresh water, because we all know you can't drink salt water. So when our solar panel failed, we couldn't make any fresh water. So this was a little bit of an emergency for us. But luckily, one of our team, Derek McMullen, services machines in hospitals. So he was able to rewire the boat while we were still rowing and racing against the other teams. And after three days, we were very, very thirsty, but he fixed the system and we got our electricity and water back. That must have been tough having no water for three days. We were like big, dry apricots. What did you eat? Because we were racing, we had to try and keep the weight of the boat as low as possible. So we had this special food that was dehydrated, similar to the food that they use in space, because again, it's small and it's light. We take these packages and we add water into it. We wait about 10 or 15 minutes and it comes out like a delicious meal. We had 1,000 of these meals on board, but we also brought along lots of snacks. And, and our biggest regret was not bringing more snacks. I was bartering on board to get more sweets. I was giving away my shoes and my runners and anything I could to get more sweets. I bring loads of sweet to keep my energy up. I like Pringles and Skittles. Nisha, I was the only person who brought Pringles on board and everyone thought it was a bad idea. And after about a week, everyone wanted salty things like crisps. So I was king of the castle then. I was able to barter with my Pringles for everything I wanted. Did you row continuously without stopping? So the boat never stopped, but there was five of us and there's just three rowing positions on the boat. So we would row for three hours and then we would take a two hour break. And during our two hour break, we'd have to cook our food, eat our food, clean the boat, communicate, navigate and try and get some sleep. So we got about three or four hours sleep per day, which was really tough and never more than one hour. So the boat was always moving, but we took lots of breaks ourselves. That sounds really tough. I like my sleep. We've been talking about different sea creatures on KitCast today. Did you come across any bioluminescent fish? And what was your favourite sea creature you saw? So we didn't come across any bioluminescent fish. However, 
we can cross a lot of bioluminescent plankton and bacteria. So at nighttime, every time we put the ores in the water, oxygen will get in, it will activate the bioluminescence. As we are rowing along the surface of the water, we are leaving behind this trail of bioluminescence in the Atlantic. It was absolutely amazing and it would really, really make us happy. It's probably more interesting to tell you my least favorite animal that we saw, which was flying fish, because they're really cool and they're really beautiful. But at nighttime, you couldn't see where they're going and they would fly along and they would hit us in the head. Really, really smelly. Ugh. Finally, do you have any good rowing jokes? Where do ghosts and skeletons row? To know. The Dead Sea. (laughs) (laughs) What about you? Have you any jokes, Nisha? How did the Pope sink the brand new rowboat? I don't know. He christened it with holy water. Ah, very good. Well, Garoch, thank you so much for joining me on KitCast. Thanks, Nisha. Pleasure. Bye. Bye-bye. An absolutely incredible achievement. Well done again to Garoch and the Row Hard or Go Home team. And speaking about going home, you know we're going to have to psych ourselves up for that cargo ship again, Nisha. I got some ginger handy this time. Oh, good. That might help me be a little less green on the ride home. Now, I'm still trying to figure out the catch. Do you get it? Yeah. (laughs) With Riley's riddle, let's head back over to him to get the answer. So I told you that there were 10 fish in a tank. Two drowned, four swam away and three died. How many were left in the tank? Zero? I'm thinking zero as well. Yeah. Okay, Riley, we're going to go with zero. What's the answer? The answer is 10. Fish can't drown. They can't swim away in a tank. And even if they died, they're still in the tank. I don't feel as smart as a dolphin anymore. (laughs) No, neither do I. (laughs) Very good, Riley. Thank you. And as usual, you can send in your riddles, jokes, facts or anything you like, really, to info at kidcast.ie And you can keep up to date with us on Facebook or Instagram or at kidcast.ie Thank you so much to our amazing crew this week and well done, Tanisha. You were nicely nautical. Thanks, Kira. I'm Kira O'Donoghue and you've been listening to KitCast. Supported by RTE Kids and the Arts Council. Next week on KitCast School Tour, we're headed to the seaside town of Wicklow and sixth class at Holy Rosary National School. See you then and don't forget to subscribe. subscribe. Bye. Bye.